Don't get me started. Don't start nothing. Won't be nothing. Oh, my God. How many of you know that if it had not been for the goodness of Christ, that you don't know where in the world? You don't know. Listen, I don't even, I barely want to think about that. What, what it would have been like if Jesus did not die on the cross? If God would not have, God, how many of y'all know that God restrains how evil evil can get? As bad as this world is, it's not as bad as it could be. As bad as it depraved as man is, God doesn't allow us to live out the extent of our depravity. That's called grace. Oh, I, I wish I had a church in here, but talk back to me right now. <laughs> God is so good and God is so gracious and God is so wonderful. We, we need to learn to celebrate him and celebrate his goodness and his glory and his value and his worth. And, I, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad that God saw fit to satisfy his wrath through Christ being a substitutionary atonement for our sin. You missed your shouting point right there. You're supposed to shout right there. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus Christ is a substitutionary atonement for your sin, meaning you should have spent eternity separated from God paying for your sins forever. But Jesus Christ said, hold on. I'll take the wrath that's due them. I'll put it on me. And when I experience your wrath, those who repent of sin based on you and believe in you based on you, your wrath pass by and they experience what you and I have experienced in unity forever. That's so unfair. How many of y'all know that's unfair? Because some of y'all talk about God ain't fair. You don't want God to be fair. Wish I had some help right there. If God was fair, we would be in hell. But God fairly satisfied his wrath through sending Jesus Christ and extinguished it through the death of Jesus Christ. But I like the fact that the cross ain't the end of the story. The Baptist coming out of me. Y'all got to pray for me today. Because that's not the end of the story. <laughs> but on the third day, he got up. He got up. If I was at my home church, I'd say, didn't he die? Didn't he, didn't he die? But on the third day, the churchiness coming out of me. Y'all got to excuse me right now. But every now and then, the gospel gets good to me. He rose from the dead with all power in his hands. Oh, my God. Give God a hand praise. Give God a hand praise. Stay standing on your feet. Stay standing on your feet. Why don't you grab your Bibles? Why don't you grab your Bibles? Why don't you grab your Bibles? Uh, just a few things before we begin. Pastor Kurt is not with us today. He's upstairs, but I want y'all to, to recognize that brother has been working tirelessly. And um, I'm making him take a vacation, but um, he's doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job uh, with our uh, first camp, Camp Hope, and, and, and our missionaries from, from Dallas. We're so thankful for them uh, and, uh, uh, and, and just blessed by what God is doing and ministering to our neighborhood. Uh, we, we're excited about that. Um, also, we want to keep Desiree, one of our hospitality members, we want to keep her lifted up in prayer during our prayer time. So going to the message, she um, is in the hospital. She's doing okay, but, 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 but keep her lifted up. They don't keep you for nothing when you go to the hospital. So let's keep her lifted up in prayer. And um, those of you who are in our life group, make sure you love on her. I know that her ministry will, but if you're in our life group, you love on her. Y'all go check on her. Make sure she's doing well. See if she needs anything. We already sent a, an epiphany bouquet on your behalf. Uh, to her, and so keep her lifted up in prayer that God would just encourage her where she is in the midst of her uh, uh, discouragement. Remember, Sister Stephanie, she, when, is your, when is your surgery, Sister Steph? July the 26th. We want to keep her lifted in prayer. We want to pray for her again as a church. Next time we'll get the oil in Jesus' name, James 5 ministry, and we're going to go James 5. Don't look at me funny. It's in the Bible. Uh, 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 it's in the Bible. Ah, Y'all getting to, that's in the Bible. 
It's in the Bible. And um, it wasn't used to anoint wounds. It was used as a sign of God's work in the soul and the body of a person to bring healing to them. And so we're going to just believe God for healing. If she goes through surgery, we'll take that and she's okay. But we'll, we'll, we'll even take, a, a, you know, no need for insurance ministry and God heal. Somebody ought to hear me right there. And so I'm so thankful. Also, I, I know I'm on my pastoral ramble. I want to I want to I want to acknowledge two people. I want to acknowledge John and Mary Johnson. I want to I want to acknowledge them. They have been they I mean, it's people that serve that you don't see. And, you know, uh, 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 Rennie and uh, Christian got married yesterday and and, and they did their, they did. They were their mentoring couple. And I, I just want to highlight them because one of the biggest things y'all remember, I used to do everything and as they came in and different leaders have taken, I can talk all day, but specifically I want to highlight them because I, I haven't yet. Um, and just thank God for their leadership in the area of premarital counsel. Let's give God a hand praise. With, um, you know, with having, with having a young church and young people getting married, you need some people that have been through some wars and some, and some healing and some challenges that God would raise up to be, um, to be able to mentor couples to see uh, the single parent rate go down in our city. Somebody ought to hear me. Amen. Amen. We, we, we're not against our single parents. We love our single parents. We want to come alongside of them. But we also we want to celebrate the strength that God gives them in the midst of what they're going through. But we also want to celebrate uh, when people help people to get married. Amen, somebody. Amen. Um, I think that's it. That's it, right? All right. Let me uh, turn, turn. Let's turn our Bible to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Um, I'll start reading and, and you just keep going. We can start that clock over for me. Thank you. <laughs> we started over as soon as we finished the word, the word. I need all the time today. I can get. All right. <clears throat> we'll, be on, we'll be out on time, though. Let's start it. Um, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Keep going. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I sought the Lord and he Amen. Amen. You, 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 should, you should shout right there. That was enough to bless his name off of right there. I, I, I want to talk about for a little while as, we, as we've gathered as the saints together to celebrate our Savior. I want to talk about the posture of a worshiper. The posture of a worshiper. Let's pray. Father, Father God, um, there is a sense that we always need to be in a place of walking with you and expressing ourselves to you in gratitude is one of the, the main ways and multifaceted ways that we get to do that. And so, Lord God, help us 
not to make excuses for why we can't bless your name. Um, but God, help us to be determined to come hell or high water, we're going to bless your name, God. And, and today I pray that you would train this church to be an expressive church to you. Train us to, 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 to reprimand a lack of responsiveness to the goodness of God. And Lord God, help us to pursue you. But Lord, in order for these things to be preached and taught, you know I am a vessel in process, yet positioned in Christ. And so in order for this to, to work out, you have to show up. So Holy Ghost, show up in a way that makes, please, Lord, Holy Ghost, show up in a way that makes preaching easy. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable, not seem acceptable, but be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our redeemer in whom we trust in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody agree with that said? Everybody agree with that said? Amen. 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 You may be seated. Uh, you, 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 you ever saw a show that was on TV uh, for a while and you saw reruns of it, reruns of it, to the point where you stopped watching it? Even though you loved the show, you stopped watching it, right? And then for a while, you distance yourself from it. Years later, you see it and you experience it all over again anew, right? Uh, that, that's how I feel about some of the things, that, the, the way we started Epiphany Fellowship. I think when we started Epiphany Fellowship, I, I think there was a lot of great things that God did to help us to, to focus and to develop as a church that wanted to minister to lost people and edify people and plant churches and all those different things. But, I, but, but as I think and I grow through some of what we reacted to, I think some, many times we reacted to not being the typical inner city church or being traditional. And, 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 and there was a lot of things that I think were great that we were trying to do. I mean, we, we, but, but, but the issue is we became known for not necessarily the best things. Y'all quiet in the mug. All right. Uh, uh, um, we, we got known for, you know, people with baggy jeans and we got known for hoodies and fitteds and butter Tims and natural hair. Um, <laughs> y'all know we had a natural hair called at Epiphany Fellowship. We, you, y'all ain't, y- y- Somebody walked in with a weave. You was challenging them. You ch- I rebuke the devil right, the, the horse spirit right now. I re- <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and some of the things that we experienced, we did out of church hurt. And we went the other direction. And, I, and, and one of the things that we didn't do, one of the things that we would, we would forget to do the offering a lot. And we used to, we even prided ourselves off of, oh, we forgot the offering. See how we not about money? Like them other churches who do five and four, five, we only do one. And so, and we were building this case for us being a pure church. Y'all, y'all, y'all not talking back to me, so I got to keep it going. Uh, um, uh, 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 but, but that wasn't, but it did detriment to the souls of God's people in relation to their generosity. Uh, uh, we we de-emphasized titles of leaders to a fault which created an a, 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 a lack of submissiveness to spiritual authority. Oh, y'all looking at me funny still. Okay. And, and, and so we had to reinstitute some things to really, by God's grace, uh, realize that everything traditional ain't bad. Some things traditional is in the Bible. And now, just because something got done wrongly, we don't remove the biblical principle. We pray that God would purify us to do it on his way. Now, I don't care how theologically sound you think you are and how you do something. Your motives are never 100% pure. Some, somebody should talk back to me right there. See, most of, us, most of us give ourselves a check off that we're pure in our motives. And I can tell you right now, our best attempts at holiness are filled with ill motive. Y'all not going to clap back at it, but it's tight, but it's right. Um, and, 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 so, and so one of the areas that we began... One of the areas that we began, um, that, that, that I want us to really recover from, we're recovering from, we're in financial recovery right now to help people, you know, give. We're going to talk about generosity soon, worship and generosity. We're going to talk about that. And, G, and I ain't going to say, well, I just want to let you know we don't use this talk about money. We're not doing that no more. All right? I'm going to just preach what the Bible says and you can feel how you want to feel. Wish I had some help right there. I'm tired of catering to people's church hurt. And not preach what the Bible actually says. 
so that you can feel better about not being obedient to Jesus Christ. Wish I had time to just preach on that, but that's another sermon. And, and, and so one of the areas that, 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 that I felt deeply about is the area of worship. Is that if somebody broke out in a run, we would, you know, we would be like trying to minute, talking to them after service. Now, which spirit are you? We try to theologically uh, molest them, if you will, into not. That's literally what it was. Um, somebody shout, everybody looks over like, why don't they shut up? Hallelujah, hallelujah. And, and what, what I found out is, is that we, we were beginning to base our value on what we not, were not versus on what we were supposed to be. And so, and so one of the things we're in recovery, we're in Epiphany, we're in the whole recovery group, we're in a recovery group, we're in a worship recovery group this morning. Okay, my name is Eric Mason, and I'm a recovering non-worshipper. Just going to let you know that right now. Right, that's my name, all right? And, 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 so, and so because, because I, I, I wanted to start, because I know how we are, I wanted to start us off with identity in our series. That's very important, in worship. Then I wanted to move us to lifestyle in worship. So we can know that because you identify based on John 4, you've been changed through Jesus Christ, you're his, okay? Now you go from, I, 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 with identity, not to go from, you keep that because you have an identity, but then you, you go from there in a lifestyle and you walk in a lifestyle in response to the fact that God has saved you and chosen you and brought you into the heavenly family. And there is, uh, there are rules in living in this household. That's what my mom and daddy used to say. If you're going to live under my roof, there are rules to living under my roof. So lifestyle points to the fact that, that, that because we, that's what the Bible says, walk worthy in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. Ephesians 4.1, which points to the fact that we live a life that's in concert with the death of Christ. That means we repent of our sin when we sin. I had to repent hard this week. Messed up real bad. Had to repent to my wife. Trying to live out the lifestyle of worship. Yeah, the pastor said, I had to repent of my sin. I wish I had some help there. I wish I had some help there. You got to repent of your sin. That's a part of being a worshiper. A worshiper doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're made perfect. And that you say, I'm going to depend on the perfecter of my faith to perfect me. That's when you know you're a worshiper. I'm, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But then we like, but, but see, we like the theological, theoretical, you know, worship. But then worship biblically is not only an identity and lifestyle, but it's an expression. Y'all ain't get nary a amen on that one. Um, it's an expression. And so we come to this passage in the Bible that teaches the sound doctrine of expression. Now, let me, let me add that to your belt. Expressing verbally to the Lord with body and mouth is sound doctrine. It's unsound in doctrine to sit on a praise. Y'all ain't with me this morning. It's unsound in doc. How do I know? Because there was 10 lepers that came to get healed. But what did Jesus say? I thought there were 10, but only one came back. That means theologically, Jesus has in his mind that gratitude is a response to the goodness of God doing something for you. Oh, y'all, y'all too quiet. That ain't sound doctrine, is it? It ain't sound doctrine. I know. Because we're, because we're, we're afraid that if somebody shouts, that means that, that sound doctrine is going to come. Where is that in the Bible? That when, the, when we have exuberant worship, the church is unsound. I had people come to me, yeah, the church wasn't sound. I said, why? Because there were people running everywhere. Now, we're not talking about a lack of control. Slapping people in the head, wig going left, you know. <laughs> Your weave stitch is coming out and, you know, all right? You don't smack people. You don't throw babies in the air during worship. That ain't, I'm just saying. I'm still in my introduction. Um, I'm just saying, all right? And so we come to a passage where the, the, the background on this, even though it's a part of the canon, it, uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys don't really recognize and understand the, the, the Davidic background of this passage. Uh, uh, some, some believe it's based on um, 1 Kings 21, I mean, 1 Samuel 21, and we, we don't really understand the connection. But you don't really have to have the background of the passage to get the gist of what is a timeless principle in this passage. And, and, and that is the disposition or the posture 
of a worshiper. Which brings me to my first point. If you're going to have a posture of a worshiper, the first thing you must recognize is that praise is living a life of gratitude. Living a life um, of gratitude. It's here in the text. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. I like this passage because, you know, when the worship leaders first come out, you know, that's what they say. Come on, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My heart will make the best boast in the Lord. People start standing up because it's a call to worship. But, but, but really, it's not necessarily a call to worship yet here. It's really a vow. The I will statement here exegetically is, is, is the psalmist vowing what he is going to do in response to who the Lord is. In other, in other words, he's telling himself. See, sometimes you, he ain't talking to nobody else yet. The psalmist is actually talking to himself. He's basically telling himself. He said, he's, he's basically saying, heart in mind, no matter what I go through. <laughs> Wish I had some help right there. Don't make me close early. He, he says, he, he said, he said, I, I don't know about anybody else. I don't know about my mama. I don't know about my cousin and them. I don't know about Pookie off the block. But, Lord, I will bless the Lord. Listen, some of y'all need to make it your life mission statement that you are going to bless the Lord. Now, I already see your, your human wiring looking at me funny because some of you out there right now are looking at me talking about in your soul, it's just cultural. In other words, you're saying you're, you're just bringing uh, uh, some type of ethnic culture to the mix because certain ethnicities or certain denominations are more expressive. Let, let, let's get that booger out the way right now. That's a devil that need to get out the way right now. Listen, listen, listen. This is written in the context of not just the Jews. There's a lot of Jews that didn't like to worship. There were a lot of Jews that, but, but this, is, this transcends your, divine, your, your human wiring, okay? I'm getting ahead of myself, but I don't care if you, what you are on a disc. Some of y'all don't know what the disc is. It's a personality disc. I'm a high D. I'm a high I. I'm a S. I'm a C. Or the Myers-Briggs said it. Some of y'all had to do this again in college. The Myers-Briggs says, I'm an introvert. You know, and because I'm an introvert, I'm not going to express myself to the Lord because that's not a part of the way that he made me because myers I don't give a doggone about a Myers-Briggs and a type indicator. Listen, the Bible says, let everything that have breath. That, see, see, let me tell you something. That means, let me, oh my God, help me. Listen, that transcends your wiring, your gifting, your, listen, it's a calling. That's the core calling of what it means to be a believer. That means whether you're black, whether you're white, that means you got to make a determination that I will bless the Lord. And then now, 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 I know this sounds future, but it's actually what he's doing while he's saying it. Y'all missed that. Because he, he's not saying, one day I'll bless the Lord when I feel like it. Well, he said, he said I will, while he's saying it, bless the Lord. In other words, I'm currently going to bless the Lord. So he's standing up in there. I don't know if he's stomping. I don't know if he's shaking while he writes. I don't know if he, he wrote it down. I will bless the Lord. And then he started. I don't know what the psalmist was doing. But he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I like that. That means that blessing the Lord never stops. Now, What's interesting about him blessing the Lord at all times, he is recognizing when he's talking about the Lord, that's key, is it points to the sovereignty of God, God being sovereign over all things, his lordship, meaning, meaning I'm going to bless the one who I am in a relationship with. And because I'm in a relationship with him, I am going to decide in my heart uh, that I'm going to, no matter what comes in my life, no matter what happens, no matter what anybody does to me, I will bless the Lord. Y'all looking at me funny. Uh, Ecclesiastes, a.k.a. Kohelet, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, says something interesting. It says, for everything there is a time, there's a season, and a time for every matter under the sun. A time to be born, a time to die, plant, pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down. A time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to dance. It's in the Bible. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather together stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain, a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, 
a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Now, what's interesting about this is this is talking about that there are seasons for everything. However, the psalmist is giving us a transseasonal principle here. Y'all going to miss this. In other words, it never said it's a time to praise and a time to not praise. I don't see that in the text right there. Because that would have been theologically unsound to not give God what's due him no matter what season you're in. So he wrote Ecclesiastes to let us know the seasons change. But, 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 but Psalm 34 was written to say that God doesn't. I wish I had some help. So y'all going to let me preach it. If, uh, listen, it, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what type of ups you go through, no matter what type of downs you go through, no matter what type of hell you go through, no matter what type of, listen, God is always the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So therefore, no matter what type of season you're in, whether you're mourning, whether you're hurting, whether somebody cussed you out, whether you lost your job, whether there's no money in the bank account, whether you got a whole lot of money in the bank account, whether or not you left, whether or not somebody left you, whether or not people leave you. Listen, the Bible says, I will bless. I'm going to decide where I am that I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going I'm I'm to bless me some Lord. That's what you, you better learn. Listen, you, you better learn how to bless you some Lord today. Listen. But the church is changing. We're becoming less theologically sound. I'm going to body slam you in the lobby. Y'all got to pray for me. You come up to me with that, I'm going to body slam you. Elders, just rebuke me afterwards. I repent ahead of time. Listen, I'm just telling you right now. I, I, I'm just telling you right now. We, we are going, I, want, I want to see men and women decide that they're just going to bless the Lord. I, especially the men. You know, cause you know how we do. We, we, we got a lot of things that we decide we want to get. Uh-oh. But we don't decide what we're going to give. And so, and, so, and so here in the text, I love it because, because, because it's talking about the transseasonal nature of God and that we should be blessing him no matter what season. It reminds me of the old Bugs Bunny cartoon. Y'all don't know about that. You know, the old ones. Y'all know nothing about that. Y'all know nothing about that. <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and so check it out. So, so one time Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd came after Bugs Bunny. And Bugs Bunny was down in his hole and he was, you know, coming with that two, you know, elephant gun, big old gun. He always had that big gun. And he came to shoot Bugs Bunny because it was rabbit season. Y'all remember that episode? <laughs> Y'all remember that episode? I'm going somewhere with this. Just stay with me. And, and, and he pointed him to Daffy Duck and said it was duck season. And so in the middle of the episode, they're going back and forth. He says, duck season, rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, ducks. And they're just going back and forth because what they wanted to do is they didn't want it. They wanted to have it be seasonal when people were after them. And because because of that, he wanted to change his disposition based on the season that it was. So because because if they could change his disposition based on the season, then he won't execute what he came to do. See, see, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants to change your disposition towards your season. He wants to say it's not a season to bless the Lord. It's not a season to honor his name. It's not a season to lift him up. It's not a season to bless him. Listen, what you got to say, listen, it's praising season. I wish I had some help right there. You 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 need to get down in your spirit that it's always a time to praise the Lord. I'm trying to stop. But his goodness is so great. And his forgiveness is so everlasting that I got, I got a roll call that I could pull on, but I don't want to pull it too early because I don't want to shout my way out the window. But I'm just trying to let you know that you got to make a decision in your life that you're going to bless the Lord in the midst of trials. You're going to bless the Lord in the midst of broken people. You're going to bless the Lord in the midst of anguish. You're going to bless the Lord in the midst of great times. You're going to bless the Lord in the midst of celebrations. You bless the Lord in the midst of peace, and you bless the Lord in the midst of complacency. I will bless the Lord at all times. And then he says, his praise shall continually, oh my God, be in my mouth. I like that. He says continually. 
Now, this is not hyper-spirituality when you ignore the reality of where you are. That's not what it means. Because that would discount the nature of the psalm itself. Actually, it includes you knowing exactly where you are, in your mess or out of your mess or wherever. That's what makes the praise so profound. Because the praise transcends where you are. And even, it doesn't say, well, I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, you know, people say, how you doing? I'm blessed. I'm only favorite. Then they go over in the corner and break down crying. This is what, this is, this, I'm, I'm this, but this is real too. Watch this, watch this. Because that's dope. Listen, this, this is real too. Guess, guess what? I'm hurting this week. And I've been through a hard week. But I've come in here today with a determination in my spirit. I wish I had some help. I don't feel like lifting my hands. But I'll be doggone if I'm going to lift them. I, I don't care. I, I saw somebody, a paraplegic, come here one day. Couldn't talk nothing. I think they were sitting right there. And, they, and, they, and, and, and the, person was, the person was going like this. Going like that. People thought that the person was retarded because they couldn't talk. And he's moving his pinky and doing like this and everything. Trying to, trying to move because he barely moved. But, but what the person was doing, they, didn't, they couldn't talk. They couldn't move their body. But there were a few motor functions that could still work. And the person wasn't retarded. They, they didn't care how they looked. And so he's blinking his eyes and eyebrows going up. And people are like, what's wrong with him? And somebody said, he's just blessing his name. Wish I had some help. <laughs> and I said to myself, if that person can be in that place with their body almost fully shut down and still bless the name of the Lord, how much more those who have every bit of our faculties, every bit of our body moving, heart beating, everything going all right. You better learn how to bless his name. Oh, God, help me. Help me. Woo! Y'all better help me today. Listen, 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 listen. How dare we act like he ain't been good? Uh, uh, you know, you know. Uh, uh, how dare he? Uh, uh, how, how dare we uh, with the audacity of those who not only have common grace, but have experienced efficacious grace? You ain't, you ain't just get common grace. He lets the sun shine on the just and the unjust. He did that for you, but that's natural grace. That's just, that's just grace you just get for being born. But there's a grace that only comes through Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got to keep moving. He said his praise will continue. I got to keep moving. Continually be in my mouth. I like that. He shuts down your wiring, your mouth. Somebody said, what, what, what's the Hebrew there, brother? Mouth. Mouth. I looked it up, right? It means mouth, oral cavity. Huh? Listen, that means everybody should. I, 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 listen, if you redeemed by the blood, if you don't say something, the rocks will cry out. You, you, I, I'm just going to say it like this. You know, y'all want some deep stuff? I'll come back next week. But to me, this is real deep. It's deep that God did all that for you and you won't open your mouth. I got to keep moving. That's deep. That's real deep. Now, um, uh, um, but, 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 but I like Philippians what, what, in, in concert with this. It says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is, whatever is there any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That means that worship and praise should not just be a part of our gatherings. That means that our disposition towards the Lord should be a carryover of what we've been experiencing. During, okay, y'all looking at me funny. I'm, 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 I'm going to get to some passages where David couldn't wait to get to around the people of God. Because he, he was spending time with God during the week, and he was hollering in his prayer call. See, some of y'all need to learn how to be in the shower and start singing. Now, don't do that. Don't, you can't leave worship, you know, on the front. You know, don't do that. Some of y'all can't. No. Make a joyful noise. Joyful. All right? Get in the shower, and some of y'all need to put the soap down as you finish washing off. And you need to just thank God for some stuff. You need to just start singing. You, 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 you might as well just sing, I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his heart. Listen, so you mean, but see, but see, sometimes, see, I, I, I've scared my sons before. 
I'll scare my sons. I, I, I'll be in the car and then something be on. Don't let it be like one of them Israel or Jesus at the center or something. I'll be done ran off the road. So, so, so I have to, I, I get so full of the ghost of God that sometimes I got I to gotta pull over. And I just open my sunroof. And see, that's why every car I have from now on has to have a sunroof. And the reason why is I want to lift my hands out of the car. Sometimes I'm driving down the street, my hand in the car, people waving at me. I'm like, I ain't waving at you. I'm blessing his name. I wish I had some help right there. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Listen, I'm lifting him up. Why? Because, listen, be, be, because I can't help but be with him. Listen, some of y'all, reason why some of y'all don't worship because you've never been with him before. If you've been with him, if you've been in a lonely place, if you've been in a sinful place, in a broken place, and you decided in your time alone with him that you were just going to press your way. That you say, and some of y'all say, I don't feel the Lord's presence. What do I do, Pastor? Just keep going. Uh, listen to me. Trust me on this. Just keep on pushing. Just, just, just say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to your name, God. God, you're high above the earth. You dwell in unapproachable light. God, you're majestic in all your ways. God, I love you. God, I love you. God, I love you. God, and just keep going. I ain't saying you're going to speak in tongues, but I'm daggone sure saying he's going to catch you in there somewhere. Oh, I wish I had some help. Every now and then, if you just press your way in worship, there's a sense of the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Oh, my God, I wish I had some help right there. Because every, listen, I don't care how young you are, how cool you think you are, what type of tat you're about to get, what type of new piercing you're about to get, you need to bless his name. And, and because what happens is, is when you're blessing his name that way, when you're honoring his name that way, what happens is, is this is what your spirit is like. Listen to David in these Psalms. Psalm 22, 25, I mean, Psalm 22, verse 22 and 25. He said, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will play, praise you. For from you comes praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear you. What is his vows? That he's going to bless his name and everybody know it. I wish I had help right there. Psalm 35, 18 says, I will thank you in the great congregation. In the mighty throng, I will praise you. Psalm 40, 9 and 10. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. It means he was in testimony service. We got to have some testimony service. He said, behold, he said, I have not restrained my lips. I like that. That means some of y'all, y'all lips want to be restrained. But he said, I ain't going to restrain my lips. Now I'm going to open my mouth. Why does it keep talking about the mouth? Because, oh, God, help me. Um, he said, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. Mm. He said, I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. You better talk about it. Listen, he says, he says I have not concealed. Listen, he, it almost seems weird to do that. He said, I, listen to the words he, I have not hidden. I have not concealed your steadfast love, your loyalty to me. That's what he means. He says, and your faithfulness from the great congregation. It almost seems sinful to him to withhold what God was doing from God's people. Listen to Psalm 107, 32. He says, let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Psalm 111.1 says, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. It seems as if that this is written outside of the congregational gathering, if I'm exegetically correct with this, and therefore, because he's written outside of it, it's something that's being experienced that makes the worshiper edgy to get around the people of God. Y'all not talking back to me. You, if you're not experiencing God, you're not going to experience him here. Don't come to church to experience God if you're not experiencing God outside of church. There's sometimes when, you, when you're dragging your way in the sacred and you need edification. That happens. But, but it should be the norm that you're edgy about being in God's presence with other people that's in God's presence. I've been doing a study on the book of Acts, and it's the weirdest book in the Bible. Because they had no organ, no drums, no fillers, no keyboards, no old school synthesizers, no, no, uh, no, no, no uprights, no... They, they didn't have speakers. They didn't have buildings. They didn't have AC. They didn't have heat. They didn't have great clothes. They didn't have 
parking lots for their donkeys. They didn't have a whole bunch of things. But I'd be doggone if it did not stop their praise. Because some people talk about praise and worship and all that is an Old Testament phenomenon. I'm like, what Bible are you reading? What Bible are you reading where the people of God weren't losing their mind? And, and, and what's the funniest thing in the Bible I've ever seen is when the 12 got uh, 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 locked up. And when they got locked up, I was blown away by what happened. They got their behinds handed to them, got it whooped. They told them to stop preaching in Jesus' name and all of that. And then they got kicked out. After they got kicked out, they started worshiping God. Now, that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. How in the world do you get your behind whooped for Jesus' namesake with rods and, and, and you're bleeding, but you still bless the Lord? I like what the text says. It says they worshiped him because they were counted worthy to suffer for his namesake. They're worshiping because they're suffering. Hold on. Hold on. You mean to tell me if somebody persecutes me, I can worship God because I've been made worthy to be treated like Jesus Christ was. So people, people, that you, see, we, our problem as a church, we got so much entitlement. We, we want to be treated right. They didn't treat me right. But the early church didn't get treated right. But they still found a way to bless his name. And, 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 I, and, I, and I hope that that's what our disposition be. Uh, next, next point, and I'm out of your way. It said, next point, last point, he says, praise is the consistent posture of those who recognize their neediness for the Lord. Um, um, their neediness for the Lord. Look, look at the verse. It says, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He said, my soul, talking about his innards again. But then he says, make its boast. This is dope here. Because what's happening here is he's, 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 he's pointing us to the, to the potential and the position of our rights. In other words, we're not supposed to boast in us. We're supposed to boast in him. There's very few things that God gives you freedom to boast about. Very few things. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, around the verse, verse 4 and 5, it said, we do not preach or boast in ourselves, but we preach Christ or boast in Christ and him crucified. Uh, 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 Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24 says something powerful. It says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts Boast in this, that he understands and knows me. Listen, you have the right, based on God, to boast in one thing and one thing only, that you have intimacy with God. But if you're not walking in intimacy with God, you ain't got nothing to boast about. Why? Why is that, why is that verse so important? Because Jesus picks up the principle in John chapter 17, verse 3, when he defines what eternal, eternal life is. In principle, eternal life was defined in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 about knowing God. You can boast in that. Jesus catches the principle and said, and this is eternal life, that you know God and his only son who he sent. Why do we boast in that? Because it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. So that's why your soul can make its boast in the Lord. Then he says the humble, check this out. The humble hear, hear it and they're glad. Humble is an interesting word in the Hebrew. It, it, it's not just a lack of pride and arrogance, even though it encompasses those characteristics. The word, the word means this. It, it points to unpretentiousness. It's a, it's a quality of sincere and straightforward behavior. Let me stop there before I say the rest of this. It means a humble person ain't got nothing to lose. A humble person holds everything in their life in an open hand because they know that every great and perfect gift comes from God. And because of that, they're so hurt and such in a lowly place that they view life so differently. And, and, and they view it so differently because life has been put in perspective because of God's goodness. 
And so the humble hear it and are glad because it's the only thing that can lift their head. Wish I had time. Um, uh, uh, the, the word also means those tormented with their weaknesses so that they're not able to help themselves and they have full knowledge of their inability to help themselves. The word that we can synchronize that in is one word, neediness. 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 That's our problem right there. We don't recognize our neediness for the Lord. Neediness is that disposition by which you know that apart from him you can't do anything. But see, so, so many of us have so much that we don't think we need God, even though God is the one that provided what we had so much to get. That's why James chapter 1 says something powerful. Let the poor man glory in his humble position. Why? Because humiliation before man is exaltation before God. I, I, I remember uh, Crawford Ritz was preaching at our, um, our annual Thriving Summit, and, and he said one of the marks of a leader is an is a ever sense of God neediness. I, 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 got a, I got a friend. I got a friend. Her name's Kristen. Um, She's going to kill me for this, but I love her to death. Kristen, Kristen is, is one of them folks that um, you mentioned the goodness of the Lord. She's, ed- she's on edge. Like, she's not one of, she's not just emotive. I, 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 I can say to Kristen, I said, Kristen, because she, she remember when Manny was in the hospital and we thought he was going to die and all of that, and he was a preemie and all of that, and she remember all the stuff. And I said, look, at, I, I, if I brought Manny up and just put him in front of, I said, look at Manny right here. Now, you remember this picture when he was like that? And she'll, she'll back up like this. She'll just back up like that. And what she's doing, she's not being emotional and culturally traditional. Her mind is, she's a theologian, so what she does is she capsulates the theology of God's attributes, and she just starts meditating on them. And then she starts applying them to the goodness of God and where Manny is, where he was and where he is. And she starts saying, hey, God. She goes like that. You know, y'all, y'all know nothing about that. that, that and, she's, and she starts going like that, and she, she, she be looking up in the air. We bless you. Hey, hey, God. And, she, and people think she's weird. But, but, but it's because she's thinking about who God is in relation to a reality of something that he's done. And, and tears start streaming down her face. Oh, y'all looking at me funny. Y'all don't believe me that that's the truth. It was a thug dude, you know, a white tee and, uh, you, know, uh, 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 you know, baggy jeans on and butter Tim's on. And the dude's going like this in the gathering. Tears in his eyes. He's going like this, fitted on. And he's looking crazy. But you don't know why he worshiping. You don't know why he, he got shot five times and the bullet was near his spinal cord and, and near his heart and he deserved to die because he was doing dirt. But he began thinking about the goodness of God in the gospel to save his life. And this thug dude, he began, he began just going, he don't even know how to culturally worship like, you know, he's just doing some weird looking stuff, you know, but this is all he know how to do because he, all he knows is I will bless the Lord at all times. He started just going like this. He, he started doing some old craziness and, you know, I don't even know what he's doing. And they said, what's wrong? He about to hit somebody? I said, no, he's thinking about the goodness of Jesus right now. I, I, I remember I was at a church and I remember I was at a church and this guy was signing. He was doing the signing. And then all of a sudden, he's ah, and just runs off. And I was like, hold on, what the? I was like, I was like, what, the, what the, what the world, you know? And 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 he remembers how he was a homosexual, wilding out, separated from God, got molested with work. Why not all of this? And then how now? God has saved him. And even though his effeminate characteristics hasn't gone away, he wants God to work on him in his heart. A woman decides that it's okay for him to marry her, and now he's engaged to her. And he's on the stage signing, and while he hears the message, he hears something that drops in his spirit. And he couldn't take it no more. Somebody had to come. They always know that when he get up, you better have somebody else because if, so- because if something touch where his spirit is, he going <laughs> to run up, the, up, up Diamond Street or something. And so he breaks down. He said, like, ah, and they telling me his story about the goodness. But then I'm, I'm about to get up and preach. No, after, no, I finished preaching. I finished preaching. I sat down. And so this lady sitting beside me the whole time, and she's doing like this the whole time. She's going like this. And then she stands up and, and starts going like that. I, I don't know. She was stretching, getting ready for something. I, 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 you know, I was like, what's with the world in Jesus' name? She grabs my leg like this, 
And I'm looking like, what is happening? And she, she, she goes like this and takes off running. The church is about five to 8,000 square feet, the sanctuary. She goes, ah, ah. I, I mean, I think I'm literally in a Martin episode. You know what I'm saying? And, but, 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 but somebody, but, 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 but I was looking at her funny, but then the pastor told me her testimony. He said she was a prostitute for years, sold her body and was on drugs and thought she was good for nothing. Uh, but God one day saved her. And when he saved her, he started growing her spiritually. A man thought she was attractive. He started trying to holler at her under the leadership of the leaders. He found out her testimony and says, I don't care about all that. That's been covered by the blood. I want to marry you. So every Sunday, every Sunday, she thinks about how messed up she was, how far away from the peaceful shore she was, and she thinks about specifically theologically the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and how the blood has covered her, and she's trying to wrap her mind around the fact of how bad I was, how messed up I was, how was a drop of blood just enough, just a drop, just a drop of blood was just enough. Matter, matter of fact, just a molecule of the blood of Christ, it was just enough to make her whole. And she can't take it no more. So she said, excuse me, pastor. He's been too good to me. I can't hold it no more. <laughs> I bet you if I pass this mic around here right about now, some of y'all done had abortions. Woo! Some of y'all were whoremongers. Some of y'all were on drugs. Some of y'all were alcoholics. Matter of fact, some of y'all was high last night. And God is being good to you right now. Just one molecule, one atom, one new, a part of the nucleus of his blood. Without it, in his full blood form, is just enough to make all of the sins of the world whole. Just one little drippy drop. The blood is able to transform and change. Able to change and bring the broken and make the broken whole. The blood is able to take you from your worst state and bring you to your greatest state. The blood of Christ is able to renew you. The blood, no matter how dark it's been, the blood, every mistake, the blood. mistake is covered by the blood. It's all right to praise him. It's all right to praise him. 
all right to praise him. Slower. Hallelujah to the living God. The blood that gives me strength. From day to day, it will never lose its power. I want to sing this real quick. Oh, how I love Jesus. Why don't you sing it with me? Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first Love me. You ought to sing that, oh, how I love, oh, how I love, oh, how I love, oh, how I love. How I love Jesus. How many of you believe that in your spirit? Oh, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Yeah. There is a name I love to hear. There's a name I love to hear. I love to tell of its worth. I love to sing down his word. Let's pick that up a little bit. It sounds like music. Sounds like music in <laughs> my ears. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love. Oh, how I love Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Oh, <laughs> how I love Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, how? Oh, oh, how I love Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. One more time. Oh, how I love. Oh, how I love. Pick it up just a little bit. Oh. How I love. Come on, put your hands together like this. Like the old church used to do. Oh, how I love. How I love Jesus. Oh, how I how I love Jesus because he first. One more time. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, Lord. Lead us, Lord. Oh, yeah. Come on and say, oh, how I love Jesus. Yes. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. How many of you believe that down to your sanctified soul? <laughs> no greater love than this, than one would lay down his life for his friends. <laughs> it's not that we loved him first. But he loved us. And while we were yet sinners, that's profound to me. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The best thing about the gospel is that God doesn't wait till you get it right. He gets it right for you. 
in Jesus Christ. So maybe there's somebody here today that you have been saying, I want to ready myself. Because you've been coming here and you've been trying to make yourself ready. The Bible says, by works of the flesh shall no one be justified. So you can't make yourself holy. Only the pure life blood on Calvary's cross can make you clean. If you're here today and you want to put your, put your confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ as a substitutionary atonement for your sin. That word, that two-cent word just means that on the cross, Jesus Christ subbed you out of the game. He took you out of the equation of you taking, being in the game of death to spend eternity forever under God's wrath. But Jesus tagged in on our behalf and he became a penal substitutionary atonement, a substitute on our behalf so that he got on the cross and left us out of the game of the wrath of God being on us. And he took the entire full brunt of the wrath of God. That's the anger of God against sinfulness. And anybody that repents and believes that he died in their place and was raised from the grave shall, not might, shall be saved. That's the gospel. If you're here today.